good morning and welcome to another episode of Touring with God. My name is Tony with an I and I am your host. And our word for today comes from the topic, let's love as Jesus commanded. But as always, before we jump into the word, we are going to start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this day, Abba, I just want to start off by thanking you. My heart is overwhelmed with joy for Father God. You have healed me between last week and today. I am a completely different person with my health. And for that, I just want to tell you Thank you, Lord God, as we come before you today for every person that is hearing the sound of my voice, we come together, Lord God, to thank you for mercies great and for mercies that are small. Every single one of them, Father God, we are not deserving of it, but you do it for us anyway. And for that reason, we want to tell you thank you. Lord God, we ask you today that as you teach us to love as you have commanded, that each and every single one of us would start to look deeper into our hearts, into our minds, to gain wisdom and insight on what love truly looks like, what it sounds like, how we are to act. Teach us to love like you do. We give you all the glory all the honor, all the praise. We love you, Lord. Let your will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Well, guys, thank you for joining me once again for another episode of Touring with God. And today we're going to talk about love. Now, we spoke from Matthew 5 verse 48 two weeks ago, and we spoke about the topic perfection. However, we are going to take a little bit of a deeper look at Matthew 5:48 and we are going to look directly once again at the word perfection before we even start talking about love. Now the word that is used here in Matthew 5:48 for perfection, the definition of it is maturity. It is not perfection as we would speak in the English language, meaning to be perfect without fault or flaw. But this word literally in the Greek definition refers to maturity. Now, maturity relates to mental development or wisdom, and it's often reflected in the way we treat others. Now, this is the perfect definition, especially if we are going to be talking about love. So once again, maturity relates to mental development or wisdom and is often reflected in the way we treat others. Now the context of Matthew 5 verse 48, it talks about love. It makes reference to love and context is very important when we are reading the word. So though sometimes we can explain a scripture and we can seclude it from the rest of that particular scripture, we need to focus on 
context as well. When we looked at it two weeks ago, we looked at the word perfection from the English version of being without fault or flaw. And this week, we're looking at it from the context in which it's actually written in regards to love and also in regards to maturity. Now, I'm going to read Matthew 5, but we're starting at 43 instead of just looking at verse 48. And it reads, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. So last week or two weeks ago, we literally only looked at 48, which says you must therefore be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. We did not speak of perfection in the context of maturity or in the context of love. And one of the reasons I did that is because we very often as the body of Christ struggle with this notion that we must be perfect without fault without flaw. And so we work really hard at becoming faultless or without a flaw. And so many people turn away from Christianity or they turn away from Christ because they think it is impossible for us to be faultless. And they see a lot of pastors and elders and bishops and a lot of the people who are at the top or above us when it comes down to the sense of teaching the word seeming to be perfect on the outside but understanding or getting to know differently about these people and then believing that they are hypocrites and so I wanted us to understand that in the same way that we are not perfect on a daily basis the pastors, the elders, the people that are above us. This message was not just for us, but it also goes for the entire body of Christ. So we took it out of context and we spoke about perfection according to the English well, translation of the word perfection. But today we're actually looking at the entire scripture and we're looking at the context in which it is spoken when we are asked to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. Now, once again, we are looking at perfection to be maturity and this maturity speaks of love. We are maturing in the way that we love each other. Now, if we are to learn to be perfect by the way we love each other, it means we need to go even deeper than Romans 6, which is the scripture we looked into two weeks ago. Now, even though this scripture speaks of righteousness, which is tied to love, love is a topic that we need to explore all by itself. Matthew 22 verse 36 to 40 says, teacher, 
which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love your Lord or you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depends all the law and the prophets. Now for a lot of us, and I'm going to touch this topic really quick here. It is very hard for us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves because we struggle with loving ourselves. And if you struggle with loving you, then it is going to be impossible for you to love someone else. And so I want to encourage someone today that before you even start really looking at how you are to love other people, I need you to go back to God and ask him to teach you, to help you, to guide you, to learn first to love him Second, to love yourself and then to love others because he asked us to love others as we love ourselves. Now, Romans 13 verse 8 to 10 says, Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does not wrong. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So simply, this scripture is saying, if you learn to love The rest of the commandments are a piece of cake. Because if you learn to love, you will not commit adultery. Big one. You will not commit adultery. And I want to go a little further here. It doesn't say it in the scripture. So this is me adding this. And I know I'm not to add or take away. But we do not commit any form of sexual immorality or impurity once we have learned to love. Because the first person we are loving is God in God himself. And if we love God, our heart's desire is to satisfy the things that he asks of us. When you see the one that you love happy, it usually makes you also very happy. It's satisfying to see that smile on someone else's face or to know that I have done something so great to satisfy the one that I love. This is how we need to learn to love God. So when we satisfy his laws by not committing adultery, by not fornicating, by not killing, by not stealing, by not coveting, by doing none of these things, it is all to our, we are honoring our heavenly father, but he goes as far here to say that not only are we honoring him, but we are learning to love each other when we begin to not commit adultery, not murder, not steal, not covet. 
Once we love each other, these things become second nature because we do not intentionally go to hurt someone else because our love for them allows us to attempt. And I'm saying attempt here because we do mess up sometimes, right? We're still, I have to make sure that I do not put it out there that we will never make mistakes because we do. But at the same time, I need you to understand this. When we are truly loving according to the word of God and we are becoming perfect, we are maturing in love, we begin to leave behind our selfish ways. And so we do not just think of ourselves. So if you're a single woman and there is a married man, or if you're a single man and there is a married woman and you are committing adultery with this woman, I need you to understand something. You are not just sinning in adultery, but you need to understand that there is a level of maturity in love that you have not reached. And that in itself tells you there is something on the inside that you need to be asking God to work on. Not just that you are not sinning against him, but that you have not learned the two greatest commandments to love the Lord your God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. You have fallen short of the two greatest commandments, even in committing adultery. And I keep talking about adultery and sexual immorality morality only because it is so very often the thing that trips us up as human beings. So once again, when we start to love to perfection, when we start to love to the level of maturity that God is calling us to love, we will start to fulfill the laws. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 verse 3 to 8, it just gives us a little bit of a look at what love looks like. Now, I'm reading this in the Amplified Version, and if you've ever been to anybody's wedding, or if you've ever been to a renewal of vows or anything of that nature, I am pretty sure you have heard this scripture. So we're going to read it once again. It's 1 Corinthians 13 verse 3 to 8. Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind. It is thoughtful. It is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and it is not proud or arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked, nor overly sensitive and easily angered. Yes, guys, for those of us who are overly sensitive and over the top, we just flip out for everything. Hmm, That one was for you. Does not take into account a wrong endured. That is forgiveness. It does not rejoice at his at injustice, but it rejoices with the truth when right and truth prevail. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes, believes all things, looking for the best in each other, hopes all things remaining steadfast during difficult times. Love endures all things without weakening. Love never fails. It never fades and it never ends. Now, that's a mouthful about love right there, okay? And we have spoken about forgiveness time and time again. I feel like I've spoken about forgiveness in almost every podcast. And it is because 
even in describing love, we are asked to forgive each other. The scripture says that love does not take account of wrong endured. Now, I cannot teach this without having to share something from my own life. Now, recently I had a run-in with a friend and it's so weird sometimes that it's the people that we love the most. And when I say this, I'm speaking on behalf of myself, to be honest with you. And I'm pretty sure it probably stands for other people, but it's the people that we love the most. When they hurt us, it is the hardest sometimes to bounce back from what has happened because we depend so much on these people that we love to receive love from them as well. So when they hurt us, it is shattering. Well, for me, it is. So I had a friend and this is a friend that I I truly, 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 truly loved. And we went through a hard patch. And without going too deep into that, because that's a really long story, I got a lot of resentment and unforgiveness and bitterness. And I became angry. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think I almost got to the point of hate, but I don't think I was quite there yet. I was probably, I don't know, uh, thin line, but we weren't quite there yet. But I was so bitter and angry at this person for something that they did that I could not find it in my heart. No matter what the Bible said, no matter what God was teaching me in the moment, I struggled so hard to choose to forgive. Now, I also want to make this very clear. Just like love is a choice, so is forgiveness. And so I struggled And every time God talked to me about forgiving this person, I had a reason why it wasn't time. I had a reason why I was holding on. And a lot of times my reasons were just selfish. And truly, I just didn't feel like forgiving them, if I'm being honest with you. And I said that to God and I know, oh, petty and childish. But this is the beauty of a relationship with God. When I can be petty before God and I can tell him how I truly feel and know that he will understand and he still loves me anyway because his love is unconditional and he works with me through my chaos and confusion. I didn't share this with a lot of people because I knew what they were going to tell me to do and I didn't want to do it. So for a long time, I struggled with this. And I remember one day as I was praying, I started crying, boohoo crying, because God was like, listen, Tony, this is it. We're not going through this another day. You have to forgive. You have to choose to forgive. And I need you to let this go. And in that moment, though I had struggled with this for months, I literally chose that it was time for me to let it go. I had to let it go. I had to give it to God. I had to start loving this person in the same way that God was busy loving me out of my sin. And so in that moment with tears in my eyes, kicking and screaming, to be honest with you, thank God I was alone with Jesus when this was happening. I literally decided that I was going to forgive I forgave. I let go. I started praying hardcore for my friend. When I say praying hardcore, I mean casting out devils, 
shutting down every hindrance that would come up in front of them, praying for blessings, healing, restoration, joy, love, hope. I mean, I went in when I was praying for this person. And the more I prayed and the more I let go of the hurt, I recognized that what I thought was once impossible to love again became a piece of cake. And I was so eager not just to love this person again, but to share the love with this person again so that they would know that in the same way that I can forgive and I can let go, we serve a God that doesn't even wait very often for us to even ask for forgiveness. He is still loving us in our imperfections, faults, and flaws. And because we are examples as the body of Christ, as our Heavenly Father, I could not wait to share all of this love, all of this newfound passion for this person with them again. And I am just so grateful that God also allowed them space in their heart to accept not only my apology for the time that I stepped away from our friendship, but also to allow me to pour love into them once again. So guys, I want us today to sit down Pick up your Bible and I want you to read 1 Corinthians 13 verse 3 to 8 with a new insight, okay? We're maturing as the body of Christ, as children of God. We are learning to love the way Christ has asked us to love and that is that we are to love in perfection. We are to mature in the way we love. So when you read 1 Corinthians 13 verse 3 to 8, if you are married, if you are single, if I don't even care what state you're in, if there is somebody you hate, if there's somebody you dislike, if there is someone you're struggling to love, I want you to read that scripture and I want you to apply it to every single relationship that is in your life. I want you to take this vow today. And we're all getting married today. If you're single, we're marrying Christ today, okay? And we are going to love through sickness and health, for better or worse, through richer or poorer, until death. And even until death, we will not part because today this marriage vow is between us and Christ. So we are going to love according to his word. We're gonna love each other in that way. And we are going to love Christ in that way. So if he blesses you and you're rich, we're going to love him. If you are not rich as yet, because I still think he wants you to enjoy all that this world has to offer, you're going to love him while you're poor. And if you're sick, we're going to love Christ while we're sick. And when we're healthy, we're going to love him while we're healthy for better or for worse through blessings. And even when it doesn't seem like we're being blessed, we're going to love Christ. We are taking this vow today that God, we will love you. Comes what, come what may, we will love you. So today, guys, I am going to ask you to do this one thing once again. We're going to reread on our own time, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 3 to 8. And as we've taken these vows between us and our Heavenly Father, we are going to obey what He's asked us to do and we are going to love each other to 
perfection. We are going to mature in the way we love each other. So Heavenly Father, as we come before you this day, we just want to thank you that you are a God who loves unconditionally, that you love us, faults, flaws, imperfections, everything about us, Father God. You see, you know, you understand, and you love us anyway. Father God, I want to thank you this day that you will be with us no matter what. And we are committing our hearts to loving you in spite of anything that will come our way. We ask you, Lord, just to cleanse our hearts and our minds of every impurity, every hatred. Help us to learn to forgive. Help us to learn, Father God, to love each other in spite of what we may have done to each other, in spite of what may have been said about each other. Help us, Father God, to love like you do. We thank you, Father God, that you love us. We thank you, Father God, that you continue to give us new mercies every day. And today, as we make this conscious effort, this choice to love, we ask you just to continue to guide us and give us wisdom and understanding. We love you and we tell you thank you once more. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. Men. Guys, thank you for joining me for another episode of Touring with God. This is Tony with an I, and I will see you next week, Tuesday at 9 a.m. Bye.